Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. Today, I'll be speaking to you from the title, The Effects of Broken Covenant. In the previous two weeks of this podcast, I shared with you from the book of Esther concerning racism. Overt racism was so obvious in that book. So was the hatred against Jews and specifically the hatred that Haman had for them. I shared from that study for the first time that what Haman wanted to do with Mordecai was literally a lynching. He had a gallow built for the sole purpose of hanging this Jewish man without a trial, completely devoid of justice for no reason other than the fact that he was a Jew and Jews at that time was a nation or a race of people hated by all. I discussed that in spite of Esther fears, her uncle reminded her that it was not time for her to keep quiet about the anti-Semitism that was so prevalent during those days. As God continued to speak to my spirit, I realized that Esther was not the only book that speaks of racism. In actuality, the entire Bible exposes racism against an entire nation of people. The word nation itself is literally interpreted as race, bringing into a more cognizant realization that it was a race of people who were hated and who others intended to completely annihilate or enslave. It was pure, unadulterated racism then, and it's the same today. We know that the Old Testament is spiritual in the sense of types and shadows. The New Testament is the fulfillment of those types and shadows. Today, we continue to live in fulfillment of the Old Testament, literally experiencing the actual coming to pass of those things foretold. In spite of the fact and knowledge that Jesus fulfilled the law, took the curse upon him and brought us back into covenant with the Father, we are literally living the continuation of racism against a different nation of people as it was in the Old Testament of the Bible. There was and is a fulfillment of the law with the death of Christ. Through the blood of Christ, we have been given the opportunity as well as the right to become one with the Father by renewing the covenant that he initiated from the beginning. Yet, if we don't understand, accept, and agree to that covenant, no matter how much we may go to church and take communion, no matter how many tithe or how much tithe we may give, no matter how good and holy we may try to be, no matter how much speaking in tongues, laying on of hands and all the rest, if we do not live according to the covenant that God has initiated, we remain under the law and susceptible to the consequences of the law when it's broken. It was seen that that's exactly what's occurring today within our race of Black people here in the United States and literally all over the world. When we see the Word of God, the Bible, as to the things that occurred with the Jews who willingly and sometimes unknowingly broke covenant with God, we see the same results and conclusions today with Blacks as a nation. But let me bring us to where it seems to have started in the Bible. 
The realization that the Jews were a nation of people, a race of people, who were trying to be destroyed by other nations, larger, richer, and more dominant than them, is obvious. Yet, as much as others tried to destroy the Jews, they continued to grow, increase, and be strengthened by God. There were battles where the Jews would be outnumbered by the tens and even hundreds of thousands, as when the Lord told Gideon to send back the 20 and 30,000 to the point where there were only 300 men left to fight against the hundred thousands, but they won again with Jonathan, David, Hezekiah, Jehoshaphat, and others. There were battles fought against their enemies where they were outnumbered, not by a few hundred, but sometimes hundreds of thousands. And again and again, they won because God fought for them. The word of God continually says that the Israelites were strong, capable men. And in spite of their enslavement, they continue to multiply and increase in numbers. There were some who were ambidextrous. They could throw spears and fight with their left hand as well as their right. They were able to use bows and arrows as well as slings, which were the weapons of the day. Among David's mighty men, there were those who fought using only their hands. Or in one instance, one of his men took the weapon of the enemy out of his hands and used it against him. In order for this nation of people to survive 400 years of slavery, another 40 years in the wilderness, and a continual oppression throughout the word of God until this present time, they had to be a strong, residual, and determined people. When we look at the Jews, that nation, that race of people in the Bible who God continually fought for and blessed, what we also see is a people who were known to be violent. They were not only fighters, they stole, killed, and totally wiped out entire villages and families. They were also known to fight amongst themselves, continually destroying and killing one another. So what's my point in sharing all these facts about the Jews? One of the things that I learned as a very young Christian is that there are no coincidences with God. There cannot be a greater comparison, correlation, or similarities to Jews in the Bible under the covenant with God than there is to the nation of Black people today. Blacks were brought here to this continent as slaves over 400 years ago, and even until this day, after supposedly being freed and given our rights, Blacks still do not have the freedoms, respect, or rights that whites and other races have in this country. Why is that? I believe it goes back to what we see with the Jews in the Bible. The most important fact that needs to be understood is that the reason the Jews went through so many battles and chastisement was because they broke covenant with God. I would dare say that even today, the reason that our race of Black people is suffering, fighting, and experiencing so much hardship, racism, and oppression is because of broken covenant with the Father. There are many who have renewed their covenant with him individually, perhaps through churches or their own studies. 
However, as a nation or race of people, that covenant with God has not been renewed. It's no wonder that there are groups, sects, and heretical movements that are teaching that blacks are the lost tribe of Israel, that we are the black Jews. Am I saying that we are? That we are the black Jews or the lost tribe of Israel? Of course not. And that's not the comparison that I'm trying to make or where this episode is headed. What we need to understand is that God is a God of covenant, whether we're black, white, Asian, brown, or whatever. God honors covenant, total and complete covenant, according to what he had ordained from the beginning. No excuses, defenses, or extenuating circumstances. God honors covenant and he sees to it that those whom he has purposed to walk in covenant with him have the same opportunity to accept or reject that covenant as they see fit. He honors his covenant with us individually for us, our families, and even some churches if we truly understand and walk in unbroken covenant. And as with the Jews, he will honor it with a nation, a race, if that race, as a whole, chooses to honor it as well. And again, when that covenant is broken, the repercussions will continue until it's renewed. Having said that, so what if a very, very long time ago, God cut covenant with people in Ethiopia and other nations on the continent of Africa. Suppose he wanted the entire world to know of his son, and rather than depending on man to do it with racism and prejudice, along with motives and intents to benefit himself, God sent his word through someone passing through Jerusalem just a little while after the death of Christ to bring it back to Africa. What if this person was so excited and accepted the word with such joy that not only did he bring the word back with the knowledge and understanding of it, but he also built a church. And even because of this, a Bible was written. What if after the continent of Africa received the word and entered into covenant with God, they broke that covenant? Well, I don't think it's a what if. I believe it's a fact. You see, the oldest Bible in the world is believed to be a Bible discovered in Ethiopia. This Bible is believed to have been written by a monk who arrived in Ethiopia sometime around 494 AD. However, carbon dating dates this Bible to be from somewhere between 330 AD to 650 AD. This tells us that a Bible, the word of God, was in Africa hundreds of years before anywhere else. Some theologians believe that the Queen of Sheba returned to her native land of Ethiopia with the word of God and with the Ark of the Covenant from Solomon over a thousand years before Christ was born. Again, here is the first opportunity, if these statements are true, for Africans to receive 
understand and walk in covenant with God. There is no way, if this was true concerning the Queen of Sheba, that she would have brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Africa without knowing what covenant was all about. Next, God sent the Ethiopian eunuch who encountered Philip, whom God had commanded to go a certain way so that they would meet. This man was very, very important in the nation of Ethiopia and undoubtedly very rich. He was the queen's treasurer. The Ethiopian was reading from the book of Isaiah concerning the coming of Christ. After Philip explained to him more fully what he was reading, the eunuch was baptized. He received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Many historians and theologians believe that this is when the first church was actually built in Ethiopia. At least at this time, if not before, covenant could have been understood and accepted by the African nations. Exactly what happened to the Africans, according to the word of God, when covenant was broken, just like the Jews, they were taken into captivity to other lands as slaves. It's difficult for us as a black race to look at the things that are happening with our young black men and women when it comes to the gangs, crimes, the fighting, killing, and stealing that's so prevalent among our young people today. It's so discouraging as well as disheartening to see every day, especially in the city of New Orleans and other major cities with predominantly black populations, that the crime rates are alarmingly higher than average. Quite possibly one of the reasons that the Israelites were so hated was because of the crime that came with them. They weren't just hated because they were Jewish. They were hated because of their characters. They were hated and feared because they killed, stole, and pillaged as they were on their way to their promised lands. Then once they arrived at their destinations, they fought kill, stole, and pillage some more to take the lands that they had been promised. The reputation of the Israelites, which was not good, preceded them and they were not welcomed anywhere. So it is with Blacks, Africans, and dark-skinned people all over the world. They are feared and disliked. They're treated with contempt and disdain simply because of their color. Even in India, the darker the complexion of a person, the lower class they are considered to be in. In some places in India, people of darker complexions are not even allowed to look into the faces of those with lighter skin tones. This could go on and on, but again, that's not the course this segment wants to take. In spite of what's said in many nations, that their nations are not racist or prejudiced, Black people, especially those of darker complexions, are commonly feared. This fear has been taught and perpetrated not just because of the crimes committed, but literally by the teachings of whites in and out of the churches. My father fought in World War II. He was among the only black tank battalions. I remember him telling us a story 
of how when they entered one of the German towns that the women were all looking at them so strangely, whispering and laughing with one another. Finally, one of them who could speak English asked one of the black soldiers if they could see his tail. Apparently, the white battalion who had passed through before them had told those German women that the colored men coming behind them were part monkey with tails. They were told that they would rape them, which is a great lie that's still told and perpetrated against black men concerning white women until today. That lie concerning rape was told to suggest that white women were and are so desirable and alluring that black men just couldn't keep their hands off them. The truth is, as we all know today, is that rape is a crime of anger, rage, and control as opposed to passion and lust. The lies, racism, and prejudice against Blacks continue until this day and will go on until we as a people, as an entire nation of people, renew our covenant with the Father and stop allowing these lies to be told and taught in families, schools, as well as in churches. In Nehemiah 9.37, it reads, because of our sins, its abundant harvest goes to the kings you have placed over us. They rule over our bodies and our cattle as they please. We are in great distress. Today, in this nation, every non-white person is in great distress. As I read the Old Testament of the Bible, I truly see so much as to how we are treated and killed and explained off over and over again because someone or some police officer feared for his life. It's so much of the same things that took place in the Old Testament. Over and over, the actual reasons behind these unjust murders are fear of a black person or just plain hatred of blacks overall. Black men and women have had to be violent. What does Matthew eleven twelve read? In the King James Version, it says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. The violent according to the Strong's Concordance, is interpreted as one who strives to obtain his privileges with the utmost eagerness and effort. We as Black people have strived to obtain our privileges with the utmost eagerness and effort in this nation as well as in the church and body of Christ. But let's go back to Nehemiah 9.37 when he said that they were in great distress. Why? Why were they in such distress? Read the entire chapter, in fact, the entire book. It wasn't because they were sick or poor or even at war. It was because they had broken their covenant with God and were still suffering from the effects of that broken covenant generations later. When we as a people understand that our covenant with the Father is broken, it will bring us to another place in Christ. Yes, through communion, through the blood of the Lamb, we enter into covenant with the Father. 
However, for far too many, it's just a ritual, something that's done on every first Sunday or whenever a church chooses to do it with no true understanding of the covenant for itself. We as a people have broken covenant with God and until we as a people, not just individually, but as a people reinitiate that covenant with him, we shall continue to see the same things that occurred in the Bible with the Jews continue to occur with us as a nation of blacks. Again, I'm going to use a quote from a young man, A.J. Warren, a friend of mine, an anointed man of God who lives in Alabama. On May 5th of this year, he wrote on Facebook, open quote, the children of the wilderness still had the enslaved mentality, yet they were delivered from the hands of Pharaoh. It wasn't until the enslaved mentality was dead were the chosen people able to move into complete freedom, which is the purpose and promise. His quote continues with, but God, so gracious, gave them years and years to make the change. And for 40 years, that mentality controlled their way of life. Close quote. How true, how true. They still had the enslaved mentality, even when they were no longer slaves. For most of us, most Blacks, we're free from that slave mentality as far as certain types of bondages are concerned. Yet, on the other hand, the mentality of fighting, killing, lying, stealing, and whatever else was needed to be implemented in order to obtain our freedom for many of our young people, it is still there. They see no way of gaining a better life for themselves other than the way of the slaves that came out of Egypt from under Pharaoh. And that was the way of stealing, fighting, killing, and being killed. Unhealed, undisclosed, and undealt with hurts from the past are continually being passed to the children of the future. Much of the things that we see occurring with young people today are from the hurts of their parents, grandparents that were passed on to them through their parents and grandparents who received these characters, habits, and ways from their forefathers who were slaves. We must renew our covenant with the Father for our children, grandchildren, and descendants yet to come. We must walk in covenant with God so that the enslaved mentality will be broken and future generations can walk in the promise that God ordained for them from the beginning. We don't have to wait for a Sunday service, a first Sunday to receive communion to enter into covenant with God. When seeking the face of our Father, we know that it's through the blood of his Son, Jesus Christ, that we can once again walk in that oneness with him. For those who truly desire to be in covenant with the Father, it's as simple as saying to him that it's your desire. No less than when we repeat the sinner's prayer. The sinner's prayer brings you to a saving knowledge. That's good and right, and it's also what God desires for us. However, the covenant 
brings you into a walk with the Father that assures an intimacy and place in God of true submission and love. Covenant is life-changing. Covenant submission is not just for the purpose of obeying him, but it's a level of trusting him that no matter what happens in life, you believe in him with your whole heart and your whole soul, and therefore you obey him wholeheartedly. It brings you to that place in him where it's no longer just a matter of loving him, but being in love with him. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook Messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support, and may God bless each and every one of you.